So hello and welcome and thank you for joining us for what I hope will be an interesting and informative discussion around some of the latest data in rheumatology. My name is Professor Peter Nash from Griffith University in beautiful downtown Brisbane. And today I'm joined by Professor Rudiger Mueller from the Division of Rheumatology and Immunology, Canton Spital St. Gallen in Switzerland. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much for giving up your time. We appreciate just how busy you are. Uh, we're going to have a discussion about some latest data published on the effects of dose adjustment on the efficacy and safety of tofacitinib in patients with rheumatoid arthritis, recently published in, I think it was clinical rheumatology uh, just recently. Yes, it was towards the end of last year. So let's start by asking you just to introduce yourself a little, tell the audience um, who you are, where you work, and what your research interests are. So my name is Rüdiger Müller. Actually, I've left the Canton Spital um, and now oh. I'm uh, a private practice um, in St. Gallen. And um, my focus is on uh, rheumatoid arthritis. I've been publishing there since a couple of years. Got my education done with Hendrik Schulze-Kurz and Jochen Kalten. And I'm now for 14 years in Switzerland. Um, I'm looking very much forward to this discussion. It's an honor to be part of this program. Excellent. Thank you so much. Can I just ask how the COVID thing is going in, in Switzerland at the moment? Is it a, affecting you a lot? Are you seeing a lot of vaccination issues? We certainly are seeing a number of people whose rheumatic disease is flared by the vaccination. I'd wonder what your experience is in Switzerland. My experience is we have a, a rather low uh, vaccination rate, so around 70% in Switzerland. And we, we just opened up everything. So it's about a week ago and all the lockdown measures have been have vanished, but in the medical services. So we still have to wear masks if we see patients. Everything else is gone. Um, um, I don't know what to think about these the patients tend to make an association between the vaccination or the infection and some kind of symptoms and I've, I feel I've seen some polymyalgic like uh, forms of the disease and also in patients younger than 50 sometimes so um, but that's rather gut feeling than a real experience. Excellent so thank you so much for that. Um, now, with we're talking about a tofacitinib study. You're going to tell us how you did it very shortly. But with the oral surveillance data being published recently, you couldn't have picked a more topical and important topic to discuss. So can I just ask what the JAK environment is in Switzerland? You have three JAKs. Um, how Often are they prescribed by a naive, bio-inadequate responders, monotherapy? What is the jack space like in Switzerland? So we've, we've been the uh, first country to introduce the jack inhibitors in Europe. So the European, the EMA did not license it. So um, we were far ahead of the, uh, with the tofacitinib back then, I think six, seven, eight years ago. And we have three jacks licensed, and they're prescribed throughout the whole panel. So with early disease, methotrexate incomplete responders, and TNF incomplete responders, and they're picking up uh, quite a more, quite a bit of the market space. I feel a little quicker in the French part uh, of the country, but uh, the jacks are 
are here. So, and and just have you noticed any change in prescribing since oral surveillance was published? Have you mm -hmm. seen any effects on the market, if you like? Um, I'm not the one watching the market, but. I didn't change my prescription method. So, and I didn't hear it from any of my colleagues. Excellent, okay. So we're going to take a look at this study. Um, it's looking at dose adjustments. It's open label. It's from the long-term extension. It's a post-hoc analysis. Could you tell us a little bit about the oral sequel study, how it was done? The oral sequel study is um, a post-hoc analysis, summing up, uh, phase two and phase three studies in an open label extension. And as for, so um, it was permitted to change doses according to the um, judgment of the investigator. So you are permitted to step up from five, two times five to two times 10 or step down from two times 10 to two times five. As Switzerland, besides Botswana and Russia were the only countries licensing uh, two times 10 milligrams tofacitinib in rheumatoid arthritis, we were of course interested whether we could do anything with this stepping up or stepping down, whether this affected. So we asked Pfizer to do this postdoc analysis on the data. Very nice. So these are people who come from phase one, two, three, um, yeah. they were eligible to go in and you really had four groups, the dose up, the dose down, so you could compare with the continuous five and the continuous 10. And what were the kinds of efficacy endpoints that you um, had a look at? We looked at DAS28, CDI, HACDI, uh, minimal clinical uh, difference with a change of DAS greater than 1.2. And of course, we looked at the rates of adverse events. Sorry. Okay. And about um, half the patients were on steroids, about 30 odd percent were monotherapy patients. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, uh, the methods that you used and how many of the patients started off, how many went into this little analysis of up and down? What were the kind of numbers that you, that you looked at? So for the dose up from the two times five to the two times 10, we had 280 patients. Um, for staying on um, two times five, we had 750 patients. For those down, it was so from two times 10 to two times five, it was 580 and two and a half thousand patients staying on two times 10. So that's a lot of patients, isn't it? Yes. And they've been on drug for some time. Um, to go into this study, what were the kinds of things that made doctors change? People in remission, they're allowed to reduce and people with ongoing high disease activity, they're allowed to increase. This is one of the biases we have in the study. So we don't know why the physicians chose to increase or decrease the dose. And um, there's no documentation for that. We know for the patients stepping up that there's a, quite a percentage of patients having higher disease activity. So we figured maybe this was a reason why physicians decided to increase the dose. Right, excellent. Because we certainly had patients in the initial studies who, when the code was broken, they had been on 10BD doing very well. And when they could only get 5BD through the reimbursement authorities, they didn't feel they were as good and wanted to go to a higher dose. So I'm sure in, in all the studies of the dose response that you could see 
in that whole, whole oral program. So tell us what the findings were with the results of this particular study. So first result, um, so if we go for the two, these are, at the end, these are two studies. So um, if we look at the stepping down procedure, um, or remaining on two times 10, we see no difference. So we see no difference in disease activity in the group level and the patient-related outcomes and also for the adverse event rates. So we felt that stepping down was safe and also not associated with an increase of disease activity and that you could do it, which was important because we withdrew the license for the two times 10 in Switzerland about a year ago. So then we, of course, had to face the question whether the patient on two times 10 could decrease and may lose some of their efficacy. Um, for the stepping up, we found that some, uh, some patients could profit from increasing the dose from two times five to two times 10. Um, and this also reflected on the HACDI, but you have to be aware that these changes of the HACDI are minimal. So it's between 0.05 and 0.1. So whether this is still a clinical relevant difference, I doubt it. Right. Was there any safety penalty for going two times five to two times 10? We had a couple of more inf uh, infections and investigations, especially during the first three months. Um, but we had uh, no, cle no clear signal there. So, and during the, after 12 months, this was all vanished. Okay. And did you see any differences whether you looked at MCI, whether you looked at DAS remission or any of the other measures? Was it all very much trending in the same direction? This was trending in the same direction, yes. Excellent. Okay. And tell us a little bit about safety because clearly after oral surveillance, everyone's very worried about safety. Any about signals? Safety. Safety. Well, we had actually no big safety signals. We had no uh, differences in the, uh, the uh, adverse events of special interest, the hyperzoster, the cardiovascular events, the deep venous thrombosis, uh, the opportunistic infections. We had no issues there in this study. Um, we had um, in the patients in the patient group stepping down from two times ten to two times five. We had a couple of more infections in the very beginning, and we felt maybe this is due that patient, uh, physicians decrease the dose out of safety issues. So that right. if you if you got a gut feeling with a patient that this is probably not going too good, or whether he's already developing something which you could not detect it yet, you tend to re reduce the dose. But we have no proof. So this is actually counter-intellectual counter that you decrease the dose and you get an increase of infections or adverse events within the next three months. Yeah, that's unusual, isn't it? But you certainly didn't see a signal for thrombosis or mace or Absolutely. malignancy yeah. going to the higher dose compared to the lower dose. Definitely not. Okay. And is, Shin, is um, the recombinant vaccine widely used for Zoster in Switzerland, or it's not a major problem? Um, it's not a major thing. Uh, I don't know whether it's licensed in the meantime, it was not licensed in the summer. So, okay. Um, so, it's not something not that you did a lot. So, what would, do you think the take home message might be to the practicing clinician coming out of your study? First of all, any limitations? You've mentioned 
that you're not sure why doses were changed. Is there anything else that we should be aware of as a limitation? Well, it's an open label study. This is an obvious limitation and it had no defined endpoints, which is also an obvious limitation. And basically we're talking about something we're not using anymore. Yeah, we're not using, permitted to use the two times 10. Um, we were astonished how safe it was. We were astonished that we could show some effects um, in some patients. So, but actually we, um, I was very enthusiastic myself in the beginning to uh, stepping up my patients from two times five to two times 10. But the effects I've seen myself in my clinical use were not so big as I was hoping for. So you're quite right. We don't use 10 twice a day anymore, but we get asked by the gastroenterologists with their ulcerative yeah. colitis patients, what should we do and what do we recommend? What would you tell the gastro about 10BD uh, in their younger people with less comorbidities but have ulcerative colitis? I, I would not hesitate to use it. Definitely not. Yeah. Long term, or would you still try and get them back to five once they've settled down? I think I would personally, and this is rather gut feeling, I would try to get down to two times five after the situation has silenced. Yes, yeah, so that would but, appear to be the safest recommendation to taper yeah. when they're in a good space. So, so thank you very much for your time and trouble. Uh, any you, other Peter. comments you want to make about this study it was very helpful no. because it's very topical and certainly you can give us some nice safety data on dose changes as well as that little bit of extra efficacy if you do increase. And I think everybody now wants to taper their treatment in people in remission. And yeah. as I said, the gastros are always asking us about the safety of 10BD. So thank you so much for your time. And we look forward to seeing you at ULA in Copenhagen. Perfect. Thank you, Peter. Same here. Goodbye. All the best.